Ashley Brock reading Dolores Fawson's book Gage Chapter 7. Lynette had tried to prepare herself for the worst, another hitman, but it was Gage's brother Grayson who came through the door. Grayson's attention went straight to Gage and he stopped cold. Yeah, he's alive. Mason announced, no emotion in his voice. Unlike Grayson's face, there were a lot of emotions there, including shock and anger. Those came first, but then Lynette saw something else, something stronger. Relief, maybe? Grayson, Grayson hurried up the hall, grabbed on the gauge, and hugged him. Okay, she could breathe a little easier. It had been relief, and Lynette knew exactly how Grayson felt. Gage's eldest brother had been more of a father than a son. I could bait you to a pope for letting us believe you were dead, Grayson told him. I didn't have a choice, Gage whispered. He pulled back and met Grayson's gaze. Still don't. I'll explain it all later, later once Lynette is safe. Grayson looked at Lynette, then at Gage again. Are you two back together? No, Lynette assured him. But then Mason had asked her the same darn question just minutes earlier. She wondered just how obvious the heat was that was still zinging between Gage and her. Heat that had to end. She hoped reminding herself that that would work. Gage wearily scrubbed his hand over her face. Look, I know I don't have a right to ask, but I need you and Mason to keep Lynette safe while I do some things. She grabs Gage's arms. Things that don't involve my father, right? Things that involve your safety. He answered, which wasn't at all an answer to her question. He looked at his brothers. The plane that blew up was supposed to get Lynette out of here. Grayson shook his head. The fire chief thinks the explosion wasn't an accident. She didn't believe it had been, and Lynette was having a hard time getting past the fact that she'd been within just seconds from death. Grayson turned his attention to Mason. Why don't you go ahead and take Lynette to the ranch? The ranch, Gage challenged, is not safe enough. All these days, the ranch is plenty safe. Mason assured him, we've had some trouble over the past couple of months, so we've increased security. Plus, all my ranch hands know how to shoot. Lynette knew all about the trouble. There had been several attempts to break into the place and even some shootings, but the talk of the town was that the ranch had become more like a fortress. That was partly because all five of Grayson Gage's brothers lived there, and they were all in law enforcement. So was one spouse, and another spouse was the assistant district attorney. A lot has changed since you've been gone. Grayson continued. He held up his left hand to show Gage the wedding band that was there. I heard. Gray Gage chucked. I had my handler keep tabs on all of you. You and Eve are married with a baby on the way. I'm happy for both of you. You and Eve belong together. Finally, Grayson commented. We always said this, that about Lynette and you. Yeah, funny. Gage grumbled. The silence was long and awkward. Lynette didn't volunteer anything. She'd already babbled enough for one night. If she'd kept her mouth shut about the baby, she might have been able to talk Gage into leaving, into going someplace safe. But she doubted she could do that now. She hadn't been sure of what Gage's reaction would be to her pregnancy, though she had thought about it. Actually, she thought about every possible aspect, considering Gage, that he was alive, that he would return. But none of those fantasies involved risking him to save his Risking his life to save her. You can take Lynette to the ranch now, Gage asked Mason. Mason nodded, but Lynette didn't budge. I need a moment alone with Gage, she insisted. Grayson exchanged glances with Mason, and they started up the hall toward the front dispatch desk to give Gage and her some privacy. What are you going to do? Lynette came right out and asked. He looked at her shoulders as if the answer were obvious. It wasn't, and she let him know that with a scrowl. 
save house preparations. He clarified, I need to get a report on the explosion and the hitman cleanup. She waited for more, much more, but that's all he said. Will I see you again? Lynette hated that her voice cracked and tears burned in her eyes. Great. Nothing like sobbing hormonal woman for gauges. Send off into what, no doubt, be a life and death situation. She didn't think for a minute that Gage was only going to do those things he named. Lynette waved Gage off when he started to pour in her arm. I can't I can stand on my own two feet, she reminded him and herself. In fact, she spent years trying to overcome the fear that her father had put inside her. Lynette cursed the tears that came anyway. Right now you look like you're about to fall off your own two feet, Gage whispered. He put his arm around her despite her protest. No shame in that. You're tired, cold, and you've been through two sets of trouble already, and the sun hasn't even come up. Three sets, Lynette corrected. You didn't include yourself. Yeah, he mumbled. He pushed her still wet hair away from her face and used the pad of his thumb to swipe off the tear that streaked, streaked down her cheek. Always was trouble for you. Trouble in a body that still heated her up in one second and infuriated her in the next. That was Gage. Their relationship had never been easy. You should come with a warning label attached, she whispered, especially one attached to the zipper of your jeans. That part of him was just as much trouble for us as the rest of him, maybe more. Oh, yeah? What should that warning label say? Amusement danced through his eyes while that Texas drawl danced off his words. She could think of a few caution, hot, or maybe danger ahead. Do not remove, she set up for saying and hoped that joke would lighten the mood. It didn't. Will I see you again? She repeated, fearing a no and a yes equally. Either one would be yet another complication. Afraid so. He brushed a kiss on her cheek. It was a peck, but it was a peck, not but not chaste. Gage's mouth was never chaste. <laughs> Their gazes met, and he was so close that Lynette could give him a real kiss, like the one in the SUV. And she thought about it. She really did, especially since his afraid so could be a lie. This might be the last time she saw him again. Lynette stared at him, trying to remember every detail in case in case this was indeed the last time. His dark brown hair was a little too long, as usual. Gage always managed to look like a rock star who just climbed out of bed, rumpled, kissable, hot. One of those details was wrong. Your eyes, she mumbled. Colored contacts. He touched his index finger to first his left eye and then his right. No more brown. Lynette smiled at the gunmetal gray eyes that stared back at her. Killer eyes, I used to call them. How romantic. Guys like to hear that kind of talk from a woman. But he smiled, too. Her smile faded just as quickly. Killer as in that always did her in. Those eyes still worked magic on her. And that couldn't happen, even though it would rip her heart apart again. It was best to let Gage go. But maybe she could risk a goodbye kiss. We've got company. Grayson called back to them. It broke the kissing urge in a snap, and Gage stepped into the first office he reached, and as he'd done before, he turned off the lights. Good thing, because Patrick Harkin entered the building. Lucky us, Lynette mumbled. Patrick is here. Gage groaned, and Lynette agreed. She was too tired for another round with another suspect, but she doubted she could avoid it completely. Her best bet was to just make it as short as possible. I heard about the explosion at the airport, Patrick greeted. I wanted to find out what happened. Maybe it was an honest question, but when Patrick looked at her, something inside her snapped. No more need to make this short. She was rattled enough to ask questions and force the answers out of him. Did you hire someone to try to kill me? Lynette demanded. Gage groaned again, and she went up the hall so that he wouldn't have a chance to grab her and 
pull her into the room with him. She was tired of playing the whiny victim here. She wasn't helpless, and Patrick was about to learn that the hard way. I have no idea what you're talking about. Patrick's tone suddenly didn't seem so casual. Nicole called me and said a burglar tried to break into your house. Not a burglar, and he didn't try to break in. He fired shots into my bedroom window and tried to murder me. Patrick looked appropriately shocked. I had nothing to do with that. Didn't you? She pressed. She went closer, hoping to violate his personal space, and then some. Because I don't trust you, and I think you have plenty to hide. Lynette went even closer. But here's the bottom line. Patrick, this stops now. Hear me? Now! Shook his head as if he'd ready to deny it, but Lynette waved him off. I'm thinking anything you say right now will be a lie, so just save your breath. Mason stepped to her side. So, did you hire a nut job to kill Lynette? Lynette knew Mason was far more intimidating than she was. It felt good to have someone on her side again, and it didn't feel as if she were leaning on him. Just the opposite. She missed this camaraderie with Gagey's family. No, absolutely not, Patrick insisted, his expression more from surprised indignant concern. I'm a businessman, for Pete's sakes. Besides, I don't have a reason to kill her or anyone else. Yes, you do, Lynette corrected. At least you think you have one. But when I was doing all that snooping around, I didn't find anything that implicates you in a crime. I'm still looking, Mason added. In fact, this little visit just makes me want to dig harder to see what put what's put the fear in your beady little eyes. Patrick's face turned bright red, and it seemed to take him several seconds to put his temper in check. He turned his narrow gaze to Grayson. You need to call off your brother, or you can find the sheriff's office slapped with a lawsuit for slander. Grayson shrugged. It's not slander, if it's true. He casually checked his watch. Tell you what, it's barely 6 a.m., too early for an interrogation, since I haven't even had my coffee yet, but come back at 8, we'll talk then, or rather you'll talk. And I'll listen. Is that an order? Patrick demanded. Yes, it is. Grayson answered, and Lynette nearly cheered. Fine, Patrick said. I'll be here, but I'm bringing my lawyers. He stormed out, slamming the door behind so hard that the bell clanked to the floor. I'll send you a bill for that, Mason called. They stood there long enough to make sure Patrick wasn't going to come rushing back in. I'll get Ford and Nicole in here at the same time so they and I can interrogate them all at once, Grayson explained. With their tempers, one of them might blow up and say something incriminating. Don't count on it, Lynette murmured, especially from my father. He sheep's clothing hides the wolf very well in public. Besides, his lawyers aren't going to let him speak. Another shrug from Grayson. Maybe one of the other two will rattle then. He looked amazed. Go ahead and take Lynette to the ranch. It was time. Gage and she had technically already said their goodbyes, and now she somehow had to make it out of there without crying. Mason and she started down the hall, and Gage stepped out. He gave her a look. That's all. No words. But he followed them into the parking lot. The sun hadn't come up yet, so they only had the overhead security lights. Mason paused in the doorway and glanced around, his attention swinging from one side of the parking lot to the other. He also put his hand over the gun in his shoulder holster before he led her straight toward a cruiser that was parked next to Gage's SUV. She looked over her shoulder to get one last look at Gage, but the sound stopped her cold. It was barely a sound at all, more like a, some movement that she caught from the corner of her eye. Get down! Mason shouted. He didn't wait for her to respond. He grabbed her and pulled her to the side of the cruiser. Just like that, Lynette's heart was in her throat again. 
in the fear returned. The questions, too. What was going on now? Other than the possible movement, Lynette hadn't seen anyone in the parking lot, but Mason and Gage apparently had. Both had their weapons drawn. She followed Mason's gaze to the front part of the parking lot, toward the street. More specifically, toward the hardware store directly across from the sheriff's office. There was a thin alley there, pitch black, and she didn't have to be a lawman to realize it would be the perfect place for a hitman to hide. But was it another hitman? They waited for what seemed an eternity with her fears rising and with her attention locked on that alley. Mason didn't move a muscle, and from what she could see of Gage, neither did he. Lynette was on the verge of deciding this was all a false alarm when there was another sound. Not movement this time. It happened fast. A zinging sound ripping through the air, and something slammed into the SUV. SUV. A shot, Mason mumbled along with some profanity. Oh, God. Her heart dropped again. It hadn't been a regular blast. She already heard her share of those this morning. This one sounded as if it come from a gun rigged with a silencer. And she knew that couldn't be good. Someone was trying to kill them. And trying not to be heard, probably so that the sheriff and any deputies inside wouldn't come running. The gunman ran, though. He came out of the alley, sending a stream of shots their way, nonstop, the bullets pelting into the SUV and the concrete surface of the parking lot. Mason shoved her lower to the ground and crawled over on over her back, protecting her, just as Gage had done in the woods when Denton was firing at them. Lynette caught just a glimpse of the gunman as he darted out of the alley and disappeared from her line of sight, but apparently not for Mason. He's out here at six o'clock, Mason yelled to Gage. I got him. Gage answered. Lynette tried to pick through the darkness and the rain to see the threat, but Gage apparently had already locked, located whatever or whoever was out there. Gage took aim, fired. Since his gun didn't have a silencer, the two shots blasted through the parking lot and then nothing everything seemed to freeze except her heartbeat it was pounding so hard that lynette thought her ribs might crack even though mason was practically all over her lynette could see gage from beneath mason's cover with his weapon ready and aimed gage took slow cautious steps toward the street lynette saw it then the maid on the ground she pulled in her breath held it and prayed that the guy didn't get up and start fighting it firing again but he didn't move gage made his way to him Stooped down and touched his fingers to his neck. Dead, he relayed to Mason. Mason stood, and somehow so did she. It was the second time today she'd seen a dead man, and it didn't get easier. She was thankful for that. Thankful, too, that Gage had managed to save her once again. But this couldn't continue. Sooner or later, a gunman might get lucky, and it could cost them everything, including their lives. It's bad enough that she was in danger, but now that she'd brought that danger to his family, maybe to the entire town, because anyone nearby could have been shot with a stray bullet. You know who he is? Mason asked. Gage nodded and quickly made his way back to Lynette. His name is Walton jo Jonovic. He's a hitman who often pairs up with Freddie Denton, the guy who tried to kill Lynette earlier. Oh, mercy. She used the cruiser to steady herself. You don't think Denton brought along someone else, do you? She managed to ask. But Gage didn't answer, which was an answer in itself, and that answer was yes. Then Gage got a move. I'll call for a cleanup, Gage told his brother. He headed straight for one of the cruisers. But I'm getting Lynette out of here. Now, end of chapter 7.